Well, lads, how are you? It's Jason for the Save Room Podcast, and I hope you're all doing well out there and you're keeping safe. I know I am. But anyway, we're going to skip all that because I want to make this fast enough. I've got like four topics of conversation. Again, not conversation because there's no one else here with me, but you're listening. <laughs> but um, okay, so I was supposed to get on this a couple of days back, but the mental health was and still is kind of shot to a degree. But I'm going to do my best with this. So the first one I want to talk about is Moon Knight, which was a miniseries on Disney Plus, which was put out there by Marvel Studios. Now, for anyone that doesn't know about Moon Knight, his first appearance was in the 60s in Werewolf by Night, and he was spun off into his own series of comics somewhere in the 80s. But like... It made for great kind of storytelling, especially this TV series that was released. Now, here's a bit of backstory into Moon Knight. So his name is Mark Spector, but he has DID. Uh, DID, which is Dissociative Identity Disorder. So you are dealing with three different people as opposed to one. So you're dealing with Mark Spector, who is a mercenary. You have Stephen Grant, who's more like the investigative type, kind of like a historian as well. And you also have Jake Lockley, which is like a street-level informant and like a vicious dude all around. And when um, when Mark is in Egypt, he is killed by his friend. He's killed by one of his uh, soldiers, I'd say, or his one of his partners. And he's... But he's, well, he's shot by one of his partners who just wanted everything for himself. He's basically left for dead and he crawls to the statue of Kanchu. So Kanchu, basically, in the comics this is, grants him life again if he decides to be Kanchu's avatar. So he agrees. Therein he becomes Moon Knight. Now, let's put it down in simpler terms. Moon Knight is basically Batman. He Like, he pretty much is. He's Marvel's answer to Batman. Now, Batman being a character that came out in the 30s, Moon Knight came out in the 60s. Well, he was written into Werewolf by Night in the 60s. And he's, like, for myself, I find that he's a very dark and complex character. He's, he actually has kind of a tragic story, which I won't kind of get into, because I'd say, for the light, I'd say, and I'm only guessing that there's people that haven't seen it people haven't watched it yet so I don't really want to give too much away on it as a matter of fact I don't want to give anything away at all I'd rather have you sit down and watch it yourselves you might like it you might look you might like it you might not like it you might love it you might hate it but the fact there but the fact therein is it's a Marvel show and it's always going to be something spec like for me it's going to be something spectacular because I've started to grow I've started to grow a little bit more into liking Marvel and stuff like that because like no I was a Marvel fan anyway but I'm starting to appreciate it a whole lot more on a very different level but even with Moon Knight when you look at this TV series you begin to see that the M that Marvel Studios or the MCU in general they're starting to explore darker territory and that and I hopefully I want to see him expand on that because like you know like for the, I think it's just like even the adult audience want to see like a lot of dark, a lot more darkness explored in this because, like, 
I think it'd be something that would draw in more of an audience. It would draw in people that were fans of like Deadpool and Logan, which weren't really written into the MCU at the time. It was only recently that that happened. But like we crave that darkness. And I think we were given that a small bit with Moonlight. And now now that like we're possibly going to have the X-Men, we're possibly, we're going to be looking at Deadpool 3 sometime soon, which I do believe... Ryan Reynolds said he's going to be an executive producer on. This is only something I read on Facebook. Now, I don't really believe everything in the internet, but I saw that and I was thinking, you know what? It's actually quite possible because he was the one that wanted this to begin with. And then he was, Deadpool got his first two movies. So, but look, really good, really complex TV show. But like, it might be, an opportunity to delve into the more mental health aspect type things because when you're looking at Mark Spector and you're looking at the condition he has, it makes you want to look into it, research it a little bit more, try and understand and try and understand DID from another aspect. Now, I also understand that Moon Knight is not the only person dealing with DID in Marvel because I know that there's a character named Legion who has a few personalities of his own and they call him Legion because of his DID or some other power I don't know and he's in the X-Men he's in the X-Men comics as far as I'm aware for the simple fact that Legion is Charles Xavier's son we'll get more into that at another time but like Moonlight did become the primary focus for me because I always wanted to see a superhero that could really have you engaged and I was very engaged with Moon Knight and they picked one of the best actors for it and he's always been top-notch for me and it's Oscar Isaac and Oscar gives such a fucking groundbreaking performance in this and there was no one else they could have picked and no one else they could have went for Oscar Isaac delivered and like he was able to do the same in Dune where he played uh, Timothy Chalamet's father in it now I never really knew about the Dune movie and I have the Dune books there. I haven't read them yet, but I will. But Oscar Isaac is fan-fucking-tastic and he's going to be on his way to play Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid movie. So I'd love to see what he does with that. If you haven't seen any other movies with Oscar Isaac in them, check out Body of Lies. There's also Sucker Punch. There's The Adams Family, the animated show anyway, at least. But he would have made a great live-action Gomez. If you look at his... Okay, if you look at him in Sucker Punch... And you look at the Adams family, there, there is a reason you would want to see him as Gomez, a live action Gomez in an in a new Adams family movie. What else was there? He was also in the Star Wars movies. Triple Frontier is fucking amazing. It's himself, Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam, Pedro Pascal, a few other actors, and you know, they're all kind of involved in it. But yeah. I could not imagine anybody else playing Moonlight. Do a lot of people wanted who, was, who did they want? A lot of people were saying maybe Keanu Reeves could do it. Now, as much as I love Keanu Reeves and the man is my fucking idol, I don't think having Keanu Reeves play Moon Knight would have been a good idea anyway because you know, he's, his most notable roles were Neo in The Matrix and he became even bigger under the, under the John Wick movies. Anyway, I'm going off course again, but yeah, look. As I said, Oscar Isaac is a fantastic actor and he brings the personalities of Mark and Stephen to life in the Moon Knight TV show. 
Um, now I know I mentioned that there was another personality, but we'll you look. You just have to watch the TV show in order to get what's going on, and you have to be able to just sit there patiently, because it requires like it's not even that it requires a lot of patience. You're going to enjoy it anyway, but like there's going to be something that you're going to want to look out for, and you're going to want to see it. But like, who else was in it? Who else was in it? Ethan Hawk was in it. He's another good actor, and I feel that he's another very underrated actor. He played Arthur Harrow. Now, one of Ethan Hawke's most notable movies was Training Day with Denzel Washington. He he gave a good performance in that movie, but, like, Joe, this was the movie that Denzel Washington won the Oscar for fucking Training Day. No better actor to, to deserve an award. And it was Denzel. But, look, Ethan Hawke was in a few other things. He was in, a day, he was in Daybreakers, which was a vampire movie. What else was he in? He was there was a movie he was in with Angelina Jolie. I can't remember the name of it. He was in the first Purge movie. He was in <laughs> there was a movie he done with Renona Ryder back in the nineties. I can't even remember it. Um, I'd have to check his entire filmography because I only know him from a few other things anyway. But you know, even like to see Ethan Hawke play a Marvel villain was actually quite a treat, and he delivered. Ethan Hawke delivered. He's he's a good actor, as I said, but I just feel he's very underrated. But yeah, just check out Moon Knight. It's on Disney Plus right now. There's six episodes. Actually, before I even head off, a lot of people were disappointed with the fact that there wasn't going to be a season two of Moon Knight. Now... The reason that is, is because it is a limited series and it's six episodes and they're like an hour long. The last episode is like 42 to 45 minutes long. But, um, as I said, only intended as a miniseries. Now, what they could do with Moon Knight is they could write him into three different things. There could be a Werewolf by Night movie, there could be a Dark Avengers movie, or there could be the Midnight Suns. And I'm hoping to see Midnight Suns coming to fruition because now there's no plans for it yet I don't think I know there's a Midnight Suns game coming soon but an actual movie based on the comics would be unbelievable because as I said the MCU were starting to explore darker territory and it would it would be good to see that darkness kind of come to life so I would love to see Midnight Suns or a Dark Avengers or the Werewolf by Night movie because I know another friend of mine said probably werewolf by night and even if it was werewolf by night i wouldn't be too surprised because it was moon knight's first appearance before he was ever written off into his own series of comics in the 80s but it would make a if there was a werewolf by night movie it would make a lot of sense that they'd have moon knight in it so there you go anyway check out moon knight it's on disney plus six episodes long you're gonna love it well, depending on who you are, you might lo- you might love it, you might like it, you might not like it, you might hate it, but just sit down, give it a chance, just kind of be open-minded about it. Um, If you want to get back to me in the messages, just talk to me there, I'd be more than happy to listen to you and talk to you about it. Anyway, next fucking subject, the next, or topic should I say, the next topic is... Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, I went to see the movie last week, and you know what? I was pretty much blown away by it. And Benedict Cumberbatch playing Doctor Strange is not a bad choice. 
because Benedict Cumberbatch has good range as an actor. I mean, look at him in Sherlock. Look at him in like a lot of things. There was the defamate. There was the defamation of smoke. There was the imitation game. He was in 1917. He, he's a very kind of well to a degree. He's a very distinguished actor. But like when you look at him as Doctor Strange, you're just kind of saying yourself, "Yeah, there was no one that's going to be able to play this role." A lot of people were looking towards Johnny Depp at the time, but like they put Benedict Cumberbatch in that situation. It was just like, oh my God, we have our Doctor Strange. And we did. We genuinely had our Doctor Strange. That was the TV shaking next to me because I'm holding up the phone with a Pringles box in front of a pop filter because I'm recording the podcast from there. Anyway, back on topic. So, like, it was a, that was another movie that explored dark territory and it was directed by Sam Raimi and, and Sam Raimi directed the first three Spider-Man movies in the early 2000s. So the ones with Tobey Maguire and he also directed the Evil Dead movies. He directed the Hercules series, Xena Warrior Princess. Bruce Campbell would have had a lot of um, cameos or roles in those things. But like the role that made Bruce Campbell was Ash in Evil Dead. Like, I think Sam Raimi also done the Darkman movies and Bruce Campbell was had a cameo in that also. But I think the idea of having Sam Raimi on board for that was nothing only fantastic because they were looking to explore horror. They got in Sam Raimi. They wanted darkness. They wanted to bring an 80s type horror feel to it. And that's exactly what they did. I'm not going to give too much away. There are some cameos in it that blew my mind. And there was a lot of... So there was a lot of speculation and rumors and hearsay about what cameos are going to be in it. Now, what I will say to you is keep your expectations low. Because, you know, there was so much hype around it. But what I will say is this, there's going to be one particular cameo in that movie and it's going to blow you the fuck away. When I was... And these very words were said to me by Brian Russo, who I'm hoping to have as a guest on my podcast soon, along with Jeff Lambert. Jeff Lambert is a walking fucking Marvel encyclopedia, and I'd love to have him on it. Anyway, back on track. So, where were we? Yeah, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi started to, they wanted to explore that darker kind of territory again. So they got Sam Raimi, who was probably one of the best horror directors out there. Evil Dead, Drag Me to Hell, Darkman, fucking... Even on the first three Spider-Man movies, as I said, with Tobey Maguire. But, okay, what I was saying was that the cameo was going to, the cameo, sorry, was going to blow you away. I won't say who it is. I won't say what exactly goes on in it. But, just know that it is actually a phenomenal movie. And there's like a hundred and, there's like a hundred and ten percent given each time throughout this movie. By every actor there. Anyway, I can't, like, look, I just cannot say too much because I know that there's people that haven't seen the movie yet and I don't want to spoil it for them. So I just want to be fair and let them have their chance to see it and they can come back to me and just tell me just like whether they loved it or they hated it. Now, if you love, if you liked it, if you hated it, I'm willing to have an open discussion with you. Like, just to have an opportunity to see if there's common ground on both areas. Now I I would actually be in the category of people that absolutely loved it and there was kind of, there was a message I took from it. 
I won't get too much into the message. You'd, you'd actually have to watch the movie in order to understand the message. Joe, because I kind of, I walked away with the, with the message in mind and all I said to myself was, holy shit. Joe, like it's, it's a very, it's a very life changing one. So, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is in the cinemas right now. Why did I pause on that? Jesus Christ, I can barely fucking talk. Anyway, it's in the cinemas right now. It's going to be there for quite a while. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wong. Um, Let's not get into those other characters just yet. I want you to find out for yourself. Um, Yeah, so that's that. There's okay. There's also this as well, and I've been looking at this an awful lot. Um, Warner Brothers and DC have kind of put everything on on not an indefinite hold, but like it's just kind of postponed for a while because the DC EU, in terms of their live action movies, are not doing particularly well because unlike Marvel, they don't really have the structure that we'd be looking for. You know, if they were if they were well planned out, like um, the Nolan trilogy of the Dark Knight. It would have been perfect. And then we had Zack Snyder with Man of Steel. Then we had him with Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. And then when we finally seen the Snyder cut of the Justice League. Let's ignore that piece of shit that Joss Whedon got his hands on. He kind of fucked it up. And there was war on that. But anyway, let's skip right the past fuck that. Right past the fuck. All of that, should I say. I'm mum. I'm, I am stumbling over my words. Oh, yeah. But anyway, the reason for the overhaul is like, well, it's not even, okay, I didn't get to the overhaul part just yet. The reason for the postponement and the other movies that were meant to be coming out this year, which were Black Adam, The Flash, um, I think Shazam 2 as well. What else was there? There was four other movies. There was four movies. I can't think of the fourth one. Oh, Aquaman 2. Well, if you know the situation with the Aquaman 2 movie and the... She Who Shall Not Be Named, there's a court case going on with her right now. That movie has been postponed as well, along with the other three. There's a petition to get She Who Shall Not Be Named out of Aquaman 2. Uh, And then there was the whole situation with Ezra Miller, who will not be dropped as The Flash. Now, they did act in a very disorderly way and caused a lot of misconduct you know, they were very violent, they were very, um, you know, very kind of rude and insensitive, and it's just kind of like, you know, you can't, you can't let them get away with that kind of behavior, Joe, because, like, even these days, it's frowned upon, it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to be looked down upon for that kind of stuff, because it, it, like, it's very reprehensible, and it can set you back, you know, like, I am kind of disappointed with the fact that they're keeping them on. But there's also the fact that, you know, if they were to recast The Flash again, they'd have to redo everything. And I don't think that that's something DC nor Warner Brothers want to do. But the reason they're delaying everything is not because of those situations. It's actually because the DCEU needs a massive overhaul. They're looking for their answer to Kevin Feige. And, you know, like... Marvel Studios wouldn't be where they wouldn't be where it is only for Kevin Feige, who is another 
diehard Marvel fan who went from being a camera's assistant assistant on the first X-Men movie to a consultant for every other Marvel movie that was made before the MCU ever came into fruition and it put him right on top. You know, like he's he's the guy that's kind of made everything happen. There was Stanley as well, and Stanley, the legendary Stanley, rest in peace, my dude. Um, you know, like they were the minds of Marvel. Stanley being the very first, and without Stanley's vision for Marvel Comics, it wouldn't be where it is today. It wouldn't be where it is today. I mean, without Stanley, we never would have had Spider Man. Let's go back to DCEU, but they, yeah, the DCEU definitely does need that overhaul. Why? The structure's not there. You know, everything that they wanted to put together properly, it just isn't there. So they had to put everything on hold. Like now, I was looking forward to seeing Black Adam when it came when it came out. It was supposed to be out this year, as far as I'm aware, because they had Pierce Brosnan playing Doctor Fate, and that would have been interesting. But unfortunately, the delay had to happen. We won't see it till next year. But I think to delay those movies in order to get this overhaul and get the DCEU to a point where it's basically got the structure of Marvel, it's got the right casting, it's got the right stories, and you're just not th- and you're just not doing those DC movies for the big names. You're doing it because these are people that actually fit the roles. Look at Henry Cavill as Superman. They picked Henry Cavill because he would have been a because he was a good Superman. He was a great Superman. People loved him. And then they have him playing Geralt of Rivia for the Witch for the Witcher. The man's an unbelievable fucking geek. The man's a full blown nerd. He is king of the nerds. And they just threw him into that. They threw him into Superman because Zack Snyder, like I don't know if anybody heard the Graham Norton story, or the story that he told on Graham Norton about like how he was playing World of Warcraft on PC, <laughs> and he had gotten a call. Like he he ignored the call and and he was asked like did you even hear the phone going off? I was like yeah, I was too busy playing World of Warcraft. But when he looked at the phone and he, Zack Snyder had said yeah you got the part to Superman. He was like fuck. So he had to he had to go and call Zack Snyder after that. But anyway, going back to this this big overhaul, like it does need it because Batman and Superman were the primary characters that got movies. Wonder Woman had a TV show with Linda Carter. I think her name is. It was that the John Wesley Ship played the Flash. Um, who else? The only great, the only Green Lantern I remember now is the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern, which was absolutely ridiculously bad. Now, to be f- now, fun fact: Taika Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok and is directing Thor: Love and Thunder, for the for Marvel. And Ryan Reynolds, who plays Deadpool, were in Green Lantern together. Watch it if you don't believe me. But look, um, I think it is a good idea to give that overhaul and to find DC's version of Kevin Feige. Because like the structure is just not there. And that's why a lot of fans are left disappointed. And that's why a lot of fans are craving something better. Now, the Peacekeeper TV show on HBO Max is unbelievable. Now, we can't get... You know what? Let's stop there. But anyway. It is just a good... It is just a good idea to have that overhaul. As I said, it genuinely needs it. I know I'm repeating myself and I'm very sorry. But um, it's just better to let everyone know what's going on. If they haven't read it already, that is. Um... 
But like there are there are other characters outside of Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and the Flash that need more attention as well because like even though the four characters that I just mentioned are very popular, there's also the fact that there's a whole array of characters within the DC universe that need that attention as well and need the proper casting and the stories need to be sorted out so as they'll be able to coexist in the one universe properly and be sent out there for everyone to watch and everyone to enjoy. And that within, if they find what they're, if, if they find the person they're looking for, for this overhaul and for the purpose of getting everything done the right way people actually be able to say okay i really enjoyed that i think the one dc movie i was very i was very pleasantly surprised with was matt reeves the batman starring robert pattinson i made an episode on this as well they corrected a lot of situations they corrected a lot of situations this was delving two years into bruce wayne's career as batman he they were exploring the fact that it was more detective driven it looked like a david fincher movie and on top of that as i said the one continuity error that the one continuity uh, the one continuity error that they had to correct was the fucking eye makeup because if you look at michael keaton's batman if you look at val kilmer's batman if you look at christian bale's batman and ben affleck's batman the one thing that was missing when they took the cowl off was the eye makeup and it made no sense whereas when you look at Matt Reeves Batman the eye makeup is there when Robert Pattinson takes the cowl off it was the biggest I think it was the biggest wrong that needed to be corrected because like it was a bit like that was the biggest continuity error for me and it needed to be picked up and fucking put on display and it's just like okay someone did it right someone didn't fucking leave that out Someone actually did a good job of giving us a dirtier, grittier, darker Batman that was more modern. Not to disregard Nolan's trilogy because that was fantastic and Christian Bale was an exceptional Batman. But Robert Pattinson is my favourite Batman. And I don't care what anybody says. If you don't like my opinion on the matter, go and fuck yourself. Yeah, I've gotten very free with this and I genuinely just don't care. Um, But yeah. There was that whole DC thing and that genuinely needed that fucking pickup. It needs that fucking pickup. And those movies I'm hoping to see really soon. Not too sure about Aquaman 2 because I don't know what's gonna I don't know how that's gonna go. I'll have like I'll have to watch the new Flash movie. Not that I condone anything that Ezra Miller has done, but for the simple fact they brought back the Michael Keaton Batman. Which was by definition the best Batman there was. Michael Keaton was actually the best Batman. I know I said that Robert Pattinson is my favourite Batman just a few seconds ago. And I'm not trying to say that that was never said. It was and you're listening to the episode right now. But Michael Keaton for a lot of people was credited as the best Batman throughout the history of the movies. So it is definitely a good idea to bring him back into it. And I know that they've released some, uh, some images of Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton in the bat in the new Batman suit. Well, it's not really new. It's like the old suit with a few touch-ups, but definitely worth looking at. I'll if there's ever an image, I'll just put it up on Facebook for everybody to see. But yeah, that's a lot on the DC EU thing, and I hope that that all gets resolved really soon, and that we're given top quality comic book movies from DC because I know Marvel are like top of their game right now, and even their 
putting in a plan for the next 10 years, which is going to last from this year to 2032. So anyway, we are moving on from the DCEU, and I have to address this next topic because I am not particularly happy about this one, but I have to talk about it anyway. Little note before you say anything on this, if you're one of those people that says, oh, if you don't like it, don't watch it, simple as, shut the fuck up, because if I wanted your input, I'd ask. There we go. So, a teaser trailer and a full-blown trailer were released for the live-action TV show of Resident Evil, which is set to be on Netflix on the 14th of July. Now, I have a lot of issues with that. One, the story is absolute fucking dog shit. Two, new Raccoon City? New Raccoon City? No one wanted a fucking new Raccoon City. Do I sound like I wanted it? No fucking way. I am not happy about it. Not at all. And out of the, 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 yeah, fair enough, they have the zombies, the liquors, the Cerberus, which they've been using for the other fucking movies that Paul W.S. Anderson made, only to put his family on display, and that's all that was. Those Resident Evil movies were basically what Michael Bay would have done and released to fucking deals if he got the budget from them. Yeah, you can tell I'm not happy, but I really don't give a fuck. Um... Yeah, so there's that. The casting is... Ugh. I'm not happy about the casting either. They broke down the names Billy and fucking Jean from a from the song Billy Jean by Michael Jackson. And if I seem to be the only one that noticed it, go back and watch that fucking trailer again. Um, And then the whole thing is set. And like, it goes from New Raccoon City which is set in this year, and then it cuts to post-apocalyptic London in the year 2036. And some guy, one of the writers, Andrew Dabb, had said that it coexists with the games, but the games are just the backstory. No, the story of Resident Evil in the games was the fucking backbone, not the backstory, the backbone. That's what maintained the whole fucking thing. That's what... That is exactly why those games became so successful. Uh, writing Resident Evil Five and Six out of the matter, and then having been, and then having the horror aspect revived in Resident Evil Seven through Village. Yeah, so <clears throat> just no. The cinema, the cinematography, however, does look fantastic. I was talking to Brian about that yesterday, and it like I did watch the trailer as he suggested, and I was like, Do you know what? I'll probably watch it for the cinematography if I see anything that like just that rubs me the wrong way in terms of the story i will actually disregard it completely i'm one of the people that's hoping it gets fucking cancelled after the first season because apparently they're looking for it to go all the way up to season five that is wishful fucking thinking and too much forward thinking in the process anyway they also said that what's this they could have were they made a comment about it where they said um, a lot of fans would have wanted like situations such as episode 4, Meet the Redfields, episode 5, Here's Leon. And though a lot of fans would have wanted that. And I, and I quote, we wanted to take you on a different journey. They fucking ignored us completely. Completely. 
Like, I can't really shelf my fucking disdain for hacky hobbits. I really can't. Why? Because they don't know how to do their job. Now, a lot of people had mixed reviews on Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. I was actually one of the people that liked it. Johannes Roberts did exactly... Well, he didn't do exactly. He did what he could with it, but he actually kept me surprised. If you look at the the backgrounds, like the orphanage, the police station, the Spencer Mansion, who they had cast. Now, a lot of people did have a lot of a lot of people did have issues with mm-hmm. Avenjogia playing Leon S. Kennedy, but I actually liked him as Leon. Joe, you're not looking for someone who looks exactly like the character. You wanted someone who was able to give the emotional range. But they kept re- they kept Leon very realistic in this. And that's exactly what I liked. Anyway. How in the ever-loving fuck could you give these people could you give the people of Netflix an idea of making a live-action TV series, disregard the lore completely? Well. That's what, that's what I know they're doing because they say, oh, it's way within the realm of the games. No, it's not. Don't fucking lie to me. Anyway. Oh, God. As you can tell, I'm not happy about it. Like. An idea of. A resident, a live-action Resident Evil TV show where they do everything wrong is about as engaging as me marinating parts of my anatomy in fucking witch hazel. Not, not particularly nice, but... Yeah, I'm just not happy with it. Like... You could at least throw a few fucking cameos in there at least. Now, they do have a character in it called Ethan. If it's Ethan Winters, I don't know how the fuck they're going to make that happen. Because if you've played Resident Evil Village, Ethan Winters fucking died. Like, why? All you've done is slap the Resident Evil name on it and use the Umbrella Corporation, throw in characters that had nothing to do with the games whatsoever, and write a story that makes no fucking sense. Oh, why couldn't they just leave it to the fucking fans to do it? Give them the budget. Give them the rights. And I bet you they could... Give a fucking great performance. But no. Everything has to be done arseways. Anyway. I'm ending it there. As you can tell, I'm not happy about Resident Evil. I did give my... Input on the other things... Which was the whole Marvel, which was two Marvel shows and the DC, well, a Marvel show, a Marvel movie and the DCEU and why it needs that overhaul. You can hear me coming down off my fucking little rant right now. Because I'm genuinely not fucking happy with what they've done. No, I am fucking not. (laughs) Anyway, I've been Jason O'Donnell. You've been my listeners. This has been the Save Room Podcast. I just had a rant. Stay loving, stay safe, peace out. And just don't give me shit after listening to the last part.